This week, in the Cross Yas podcast, I talk purging. I'll also begin a new segment called Yas of the Week. Denying yourself as a cross-dresser is huge, and I'll talk about finding meaning as a cross-dresser despite the growing pressure from internal and external forces. If you didn't know what purging means to a cross-dresser, you will after this, the 12th episode of the Cross Yas podcast. So, shall we get it started? Hey there and welcome to the Cross Yas Podcast, the podcast that celebrates everything cross-dressing. I'm your gentle and gracious host, Giselle Mirasol. Find me on Instagram at Giselle Mirasol and the podcast there too at Cross Yas Podcast. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Cross Yas. That's spelled C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S. Happy belated St. Patrick's Day, where everyone's a little Irish, even for a day. As adults try to drink like an Irish person. I was busy at work while all you guys got plastered, wasted, drunk, you know, inebriated. Don't know what you guys call it, but I call it no fun. At least the next morning isn't. St. Patrick's Day isn't my favorite holiday, but you know what every crossdresser's favorite holiday is, right? And that's... Can't wait to have an episode on Halloween, which is almost seven months away. Costumes, candy, cross-dressing, oh my. Green is not my color, by the way. Well, some dresses I look great in, but not all. I seem to own way more red dresses anyways, which I do look good in. But really, if there's anything to take away from St. Patrick's Day, it's the luck of it all. And you're lucky to have me as your podcast host, but I'm even luckier to have you as a listener. Yes! Of the week! I want to try something new in the podcast. It's something I want to call Yas of the Week, where every week I will say Yas to something that currently exemplifies cross-dressing and or cross-dressing related issue, even if that means it's remotely connected, like gender, sexuality, or anything I think the cross-yas listener would be happy or interested to hear about. This past week, I saw Captain Marvel in theaters, which features Oscar winner Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, who also just happens to be a female superhero. Here's a clip from the movie with Brie Larson as Captain Marvel and Nick Fury, played by the great Samuel L. Jackson, in their first encounter in the movie. How long do you plan to be in town? Oh, I'll be out of your hair as soon as I track down the scrolls that are infiltrating your planet. Scrolls? Shapeshifters. They can transform to any life form down to the DNA. Oh boy, you guys don't have any clue, do you? Whoa, 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 hold on. How do we know you're... Not one of those shapeshifters. Congratulations, Agent Fury. You have finally asked a relevant question. Oh, congratulations to you, Star Force lady. You're under arrest. First and foremost, I simply adore Brie Larson. Yes, we all know she's a talented actress and she's gorgeous. But what you probably don't know is that she's also an activist for equality among underrepresented populations and is a strong supporter of the LGBTQ community. For her press tour for Captain Marvel, Larson said she wanted to be more inclusive with her interviews. So, instead of getting the average man that reviews her movies to interview her, which, by the way, according to the USC Anberg School for Communication and Journalism that gathered data from the online review site Rotten Tomatoes, they found that based on almost 20,000 reviews, the number of men who conducted those reviews were roughly about 80%. So, 80% of online reviews come from men. And the top critics section of Rotten Tomatoes, which is people who write for the major publications like the New York Times, the Chicago Tribune, LA Times, etc. Well, they found that 76% of those reviews 
Yep, also men. Well, Larson, on the Captain Marvel press tour, chose to interview with people that weren't the typical male and focused on speaking with underrepresented journalists like Leah Brown, a disabled black journalist for Marie Claire, which is a magazine that focuses on women issues. She told Brown that being Captain Marvel has given her more power in what she does and what she says, and I would agree. And Larson also sounded apprehensive with that newfound ability, but was also okay with that power, saying that although it makes her feel uncomfortable, she's able to advocate for herself and others. And also recently, as a guest editor of Stylish Magazine, Larson spoke about the pay gap between men and women, but also mentioned there's a lot of suppression not only in sex, but also in race, disability, sexual orientation, and being non-binary. Ever since I saw Brie Larson play Envy Adams in the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, when she sang the metric song Black Sheep, I was enamored. Not just by her looks, but she's got a really good voice. You crack the whip, shape shift and trick the past again. Send you my love on a wire. Lift you up every time, everyone. Who's away from you? Like, hey, which turns out it's actually her singing. Also, a fun fact about Brie Larson, she had a short stint in singing and even went on tour with Jesse McCartney, of all people. Shout out to Scott Pilgrim, by the way. That movie had so many feature stars from Superman, Brandon Ruth, and Captain America, Chris Evans. But we need more movies where underrepresented populations can have a role model to look up to. Like, I love movies that encourage that. Like how I feel Captain Marvel enforces positive feminine lead roles, especially female superheroes. Also, I'm low-key super excited about Captain Marvel because this means another potential Halloween costume for me, because Captain Marvel's outfit is pretty kick-ass. Now, being outspoken doesn't come without consequences. Brie Larson got a lot of hate with some of her views, and Captain Marvel, consequently, had a lot of negative reviews online before the movie even came out. So much hate, in fact, that Rotten Tomatoes had to change the way their movies were reviewed online. But I guess it doesn't matter in terms of money making because this movie is on track to make a billion dollars as it brought in people anyways to the theaters in its opening weekend, making over $500 million globally. So for all the haters of Brie Larson and Captain Marvel and for those really aren't for equality, well, I guess it goes to show that people are still willing to pay to watch a female superhero and one that doesn't mind vocalizing her thoughts and wishes for equality. So for this week, I say, Yas to Captain Marvel, and yas to Brie Larson. You go, girl. And that was the... Yas! ...of the week. But back to this week's episode, we discuss purging. You're probably asking yourself, Giselle, what exactly do you mean by that? Like, the movie The Purge? Please just let us purge. Well, no. Ask any crossdresser and they know what it means to purge. It's where the crossdresser gets rid of everything related to crossdressing. So it's sort of like Marie Kondo, you know, from Netflix's Tidying Up and her sparking joy. And return to your home. Take a look around and ask yourself, is my home tidy? Does my home spark joy for me? If the answer is no, try tidying. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Sort of. But it could mean more than just clothes and material stuff. It's also all the hard-earned money and time that you spent cross-dressing all down the drain. It also means makeup, shoes, and basically everything that makes a male cross-dress. So maybe he wants to do it, 
maybe he doesn't like to, so he ends up just throwing it all away. In this episode, we will talk about purging and what it means for cross-dressers. We'll talk about why a cross-dresser purges and what a person can do to battle the cross-dressing purges, if you will. The reason cross-dressers purge is multiple, and I'll try my best to talk about the ones that I know. Enough small talk, let's get to the heart of purging, right after this quick word from our sponsor. Hey guys, just want to talk about Anchor real quick. You know, I love Anchor so much. They've helped me so much with this podcast. It's free and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great. So let's define what I mean by purge. A quick search on dictionary.com defines purge as a verb meaning to get rid of an unwanted quality, condition, or feeling. The other definition of purge on dictionary.com is that it's a noun. That means an abrupt or violent removal of a group of people. That's the movie The Purge. For those unaware of the movie The Purge, it was a 2013 horror suspense movie, and now I guess an ongoing series of movies, where for one 12-hour period out of the year, all crime is legal. Anything goes. Everyone in the world is either committing murder, they're stealing, raping, taking newspapers, putting trash in other people's trash can bins, barring other people's Netflix logins, basically all the bad stuff that no one in their right mind would do because of how awful it is. And the movie starts out with this message. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Weapons of class 4 and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. Again, we're not talking about that kind of purge. We're also not talking about the purging bulimics do. Even though I will discuss body image issues in another episode of the Cross Yaths podcast. But I want to focus on the purging a crossdresser does, which is where the crossdresser in question tries to get rid of everything a crossdresser knows, owns, and does that makes them crossdress, from clothes, makeup, shoes, to even that huge desire to crossdress. The crossdresser desperately wants to get rid of that desire, and I'll tell you, it's really difficult to deny those feelings. See, when I first crossdressed, I thought it was weird. But who wouldn't, right? Why would a boy want to wear women's clothes, let alone enjoy it? I talked about this before in a previous episode of the Cross Yas podcast. I believe it was episode 2, Crossdress and Confess. But when I was, I think I was 9, I remember enjoying the silky smooth feeling of my aunt's pantyhose as I slid it up slowly up my leg. Yeah, I enjoyed it even in a sexual sense. But I didn't think anything else about my cross-dressing, other than it was enjoyable. I wasn't going to tell others immediately about my newfound joy, because what would people think if I randomly yelled at the top of my lungs, hey, I think I really enjoy wearing women's clothes. Because people would probably be like, whoa, 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 whoa. But those things just didn't cross my mind. I was just into whatever I was feeling at the moment. And that was wearing women's clothes. I mean, those feelings of just pure bliss, it was awesome. So I guess I could see how other people who want to delve into more of those feelings, and that can be kind of scary. Because some people, they don't want to be different. You just want to fit in and not cause a ruckus. You want to move forward with your daily life. 
But if society is telling you that your life has to be lived this one way, but you know that your own body wants it to be another way, well, you're going to deny what you want to feel. And that's the initial denial a cross-dresser feels. It's normal. Anytime someone is in denial, that person is thinking, this shouldn't happen. Things shouldn't be this way. I just want to be happy. So there's conflict between society's expectations and a person's own expectations. With cross-dressers, they desire to cross-dress, but society tells them that it's wrong to do so. As a cross-dresser, I know I shouldn't be enjoying this, but I do. I think for cross-dressers that are starting out, well, we don't want to pursue those feelings to cross-dress because for some of us, it's quote-unquote unnatural. We want to stop those feelings because there's this idea that cross-dressing isn't normal. But what is normal anyways? We grew up with the notion that men are supposed to dress as men and women dress as women. So this can be confusing, right? Because why does our clothing define us as men or women? If a woman wears a skirt in public, but a man wears the same skirt, he'll get odd looks. Crossdressers who are confused, just like when anyone else who is confused, they just want to stop the confusion. They want answers. It's the crossdressing that's the issue. Why does a crossdresser feel the need to purge their stuff? Well, one of which is guilt. Guilt from what exactly? Well, guilt from indulging oneself in wearing clothing meant for the opposite sex. Because believe it or not, people dislike when you go against the norm. What? I know, right? You ever feel guilty for liking something that other people don't necessarily like? Like, do you have an unpopular opinion that goes against what everyone else thinks? Like, do you have a guilty pleasure? For some of you, you enjoy stepping on Legos. Or maybe some of you like drinking soda after you brush your teeth. Or, you know, how some of you like listening to Carly Rae Jepsen. Which I mean, come on, you guys gotta admit that song is still pretty catchy. And she's a super guilty pleasure of mine. But if I enjoy it, is it still really a guilty pleasure at that point? For some crossdressers, they consider wearing women's clothes a guilty pleasure. For others, it's a way of life. Because these people want to express themselves as their true selves, which is a woman. The exact cause may not be known as to why they enjoy it, but it is enjoyable. And at least for me, it's hard for me to stop loving that feeling. I have talked to many crossdressers who have felt so guilty indulging themselves in wearing women's clothes that they feel the need to hide. Which of course is a natural response to being scared. You run and hide. For some crossdressers that I have talked to, they choose to hide their crossdressing habits in places you wouldn't necessarily think of. But it makes sense. One crossdresser I spoke with, she said she rents out three storage spaces filled with her crossdressing attire, just so she can go there, store all her stuff, dress up there because she can't crossdress at home. I asked why she couldn't dress up at home, and she told me because it would kill her wife and kids. Look, there's many red flags at play here. One of which is that she needs to rent out a storage space primarily for her own crossdressing. That sounds crazy to me. Also, imagine owning so much stuff, which you maybe only occasionally use, that you require a monthly payment to enjoy it, and it's not even in your own home. But the big thing here is hiding from your spouse. This signals to me a lack of support. By the way, crossdressers need support from others. We all need support, but crossdressers do too. In some relationships, some crossdressers muster enough courage to tell their spouse, girlfriend, significant other, about their desire to cross-dress. This usually leads to the spouse, girlfriend, significant other to question their partner's desire to cross-dress. 
which is a perfectly reasonable response. But sometimes the cross-dresser is shamed for it. Not all, but some. They're shamed for their cross-dressing habits. They're shamed for the desire to wear women's clothes. They're basically shamed to be different. And oftentimes, the spouse, girlfriend, significant other demands for the cross-dresser to cease all cross-dressing activities for the sake of the quote-unquote relationship. This means purging. The cross-dresser must get rid of all their clothes, all the makeup, all the stuff that makes a cross-dresser want to cross-dress because the partner says that you can't be that person if you want to be in this relationship. It happened to me with Jennifer, you remember, the girlfriend from hell. And it's probably the hardest decision for a cross-dresser to make. Give up cross-dressing or give up the relationship. Which is bullshit. If of course true. If the person with the three storage spaces full of cross-dressing things would just be able to talk to the wife about the cross-dressing, maybe it could be different. I wouldn't know, but neither do they. It's just cross-dressing. It can be talked about in a reasonable manner, I think. Honestly, a cross-dresser just dresses because they want to express themselves, and that's okay. Well, at least this is true for me. I recognize that my need to cross-dress is just a side of me that I want to get out there once in a while. For others, it's a daily thing, and they want to live their whole lives as such. I've talked to many cross-dressers who just want to explore their feminine selves and dress up for the sake of dressing up. But I have also talked to transgender people who did start off as cross-dressers, who did eventually wish to transition, and that came with self-discovery. And that's also okay. But if a spouse is telling you to purge all your cross-dressing wardrobe, attire, and other cross-dressing related items, you have to decide whether or not it's worth it and find out the real reason behind requiring the need to expressing your feminine self. I'm talking to all you cross-dressers out there. Find out why you want to be feminine. Is it because you like to enjoy women's clothing or is it something else? Because if you just like to wear women's clothes, then cool. But if you're a transgender person who wishes to be a woman full-time, well, you need to explore that. Here's a thing you don't want to be in, and that's in a relationship with someone and not know what you want. You're probably asking, Giselle, but what if my significant other rejects me? What if the only way I can be with them is to purge my cross-dressing habits? Well, here's my response. If you can't accept yourself, then why does it matter if your significant other does? I wouldn't want to be with someone who isn't happy with themselves, so why would I want someone to do the same for me? to be with me when I'm not happy with who I am? How happy can others love you when you don't even love yourself? I keep coming back to Whitney Houston with her classic line, Now I'm gonna get all preachy, because, you know, this is what I love to do. I love to speak my mind. You all know this. But here it goes. You guys ready? There comes a point in time where you really have to accept yourself for what you are. Now, don't mistake me as saying if you're an asshole, you should accept yourself as such, or you can't better yourself so you should accept that nothing will ever change. I'm not talking character, because you can change your character. I'm not talking ambition, because you can be more ambitious if you're motivated enough to do so. I'm talking about what the difference between what you were born as and what you're able to become. No human was born to be an asshole and no one was born to be lazy. That stuff is learned. I mean, there's no exact reason as to why human beings are cross-dressers or transgender or bigender or whatever, but everyone is unique and that uniqueness requires celebration, in my opinion. Look at yourself in the mirror, everyone. Not just cross-dressers, I'm talking to everyone. Right now, just look at yourself in the mirror and say hello to yourself. You can wave too, that's cool. 
you should be looking at a reflection of a beautiful, wonderful human being that deserves love and affection. Not by others, but by you. That reflection of yourself, that is who you have to accept. The things that you desire to do deep down inside that you know you cannot change, like your desire to cross-dress or the desire to be a woman if you're a transgender woman, well, learn to accept that part of you. And if you're transgender, you're gay, bisexual, lesbian, or whatever, accept yourself and know that it's okay to be that way. You can change certain parts of you if you don't like your reflection, like you can change your clothes or your shoes or whatever, but you should ask yourself, am I the best version that I can be? Am I really doing something to become who I truly want? And don't give me that Oscar Mayer wiener bullshit. Oh, I wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. We're talking cross-dressing. And in one way or another, we're also talking gender. You can't fight who you really want to become. You have to actively want to be that person. Unless you're an asshole. Again, don't become an, don't become an asshole, please. If you enjoy wearing women's clothes and you're not harming anyone in the process, through lies or stealing or whatever, then it doesn't matter. Explore your cross-dressing feelings and focus on living the life you want to live. I'm saying in terms of cross-dressing for those cross-dressers out there listening, accept that cross-dressing is a part of you. But Giselle, I've been with my girlfriend, wife, significant other for decades. And now if I tell her, I'm afraid she's going to up and leave me and take the kids. Oof. Well, like Avril Lavigne says, Because so crap, now you're really in a bind. I mean, I guess you could talk to your spouse and see what they say, maybe try and work things out, but that's a lot of trust broken there. And once you break someone's trust, it's really hard to earn it back because there's always that lingering feeling in the back of that person's mind about whatever you did to lose that trust. And I don't know how to help you other than suggest maybe marriage counseling and maybe even that's not a sure thing. But if you really believe in your relationship and you desire to maintain a long-term relationship with that person, then you're gonna have to put in the work. Long-lasting, healthy relationships require communication. Open up a line of communication between you and your significant other and keep it open. Don't just talk once and leave it at that. You're in a relationship. Listen to one another and see where both of you can meet. Hopefully in time you two can mend that relationship. So what do cross-dressers purge? Well, tangible things usually like clothes, makeup, shoes, purses, accessories. But why? After talking to multiple cross-dressers who have purged, well, they get rid of their stuff that they bought in hopes that they will no longer be that person. Kind of sounding ridiculous, right? That'd be like me, Giselle, throwing away all my cross-dressing gear, all my online social media, and deleting this podcast, essentially having Giselle vanish from the face of the earth. But nah, I ain't going anywhere. I also am not getting rid of all the crap I own because I own a lot of stuff. I mean, the only real reason to purge is when you own too much stuff. But if you're purging to think that you will get rid of the cross-dressing feelings and desires, you're kidding yourself. So purges really result from gender dysphoria. For those of you who don't remember gender dysphoria from the cross-dress and deaths episode in episode 9, it's the stress, anxiety, and guilt someone feels for not knowing what gender they identify as because perhaps it differs than their sex. I have been lucky enough not to purge, per se, but I have at times still felt uncertain of my gender and thus suffered from gender dysphoria. I have spoken to countless numbers of crossdressers who have had to purge, and they have purged a lot of their stuff. But again, why does a crossdresser purge? Why throw away the hundreds, even thousands of dollars of stuff you've purchased as a crossdresser? There's not a lot of scientific research for purging exactly, but it probably does stem from gender dysphoria. 
Gender dysphoria does suck as it causes someone to not know who they are and worry that they may not be a normal human being. Gender expression is the bottom line with cross-dressing. You're just, you're dressing the way you best want to present as. And if you want to do that in the comfort of your own home, then so be it. Don't be afraid to be yourself. For you non-crossdressers out there, imagine having to get rid of something that was an integral part of you and was only unique to you, like your laugh, for example. Picture having to get rid of everything that made you laugh. All the jokes you thought were funny, all the books you read that you laughed at, all the videos and TV shows you watched that ever made you chuckle. Imagine having to purge all those things because society said you don't have the right to laugh the way you do because only these things are deemed funny and should be laughed at, which is kind of what a crossdresser thinks when they purge. A crossdresser thinks, well, I can't possibly laugh this way, so I must only laugh this certain way or I won't be accepted, which is a pretty shitty way to feel if you think about it. Honestly, if you take pleasure in wearing women's clothes and again, you're not harming anyone as a result of it, I think that's okay. You shouldn't have to get rid of everything associated with what makes you happy just so you can please the masses. Focus on your happiness first, and you'll see the difference. The stress, the guilt, the shame, that all goes away. But you start by being honest with yourself. Sometimes the hatred you have for yourself rubs off on the cross-dressing and thus leads to purging. You ever get rid of something only craving it harder when it's gone? Like Joni Mitchell saying, But it's true about anything you have and then all of a sudden lose it. Having to throw away everything because you feel guilty, you're not succumbing to the idea of expressing yourself as society expects you to? Yeah, that sounds absurd. Purging never works when it comes to cross-dressing because you can't deny who you are. And if you're denying that part of you that makes you happy, you're only hurting yourself. We cross-dressers need to stop rejecting who we are. Cross-dressers and non-cross-dressers. Again, that doesn't mean if you're an asshole, stay an asshole. That's just dumb. Seriously, if you're being an asshole, stop. I'm talking in terms of cross-dressing. If you like wearing women's clothes, then explore those feelings. If you're transgender, explore that further. Find what best makes you feel the way you're meant to feel. For me, I'm perfectly happy just wearing women's clothes. I'm in a happy relationship with my girlfriend, Kirsten, who understands me and lets me be Giselle. But that all starts with me accepting myself. And it also is all up to me. It is up to me. Now, have I ever purged? Well, I would say sort of. Let me explain. You know from listening to the early episodes of the podcast that I started really dressing after college. I started to cross-dress more after the girlfriend from hell, you remember Jennifer, said she accepted my cross-dressing. But again, she didn't so I'd leave my clothes at her place when she lived with her parents. My cross-dressing clothes, that is. But after a bit, she told me I couldn't anymore for fear her parents would find out, which didn't make any sense, because they were girl clothes anyways. But whatever. I digress. So when I had to put the stuff at my house when I lived with my mom, I had to hide it around the house. And I think my mom found it. I mean, my mom's not the most vocal person when it comes to controversial things with me. Like, she'd just rather not talk about the stuff. Well, at least she used to be. Now she can't wait to give me a piece of her mind. Because, you know, she's always right, right? <laughs> well, back then, if she ever found things around the house that was just out of place, she'd put them in donation boxes or throw them away. So when she found my cross-dressing paraphernalia, she just did whatever she wanted with them. This meant she threw away my stuff, or put them in boxes, give them away to other family members, or she donated it. 
So, indirectly, my cross-dressing stuff was purged for me. Bye-bye, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Again, she wasn't the most talkative person, but she's better now, and she'll talk to me about things and ask about my cross-dressing habits. Sorta. But I think back then, she just threw my stuff away, probably hoping that my cross-dressing desires would just go away. Nope. But face it, no one fully gets rid of their desire to cross-dress. Cross-dressing isn't a disease that you can cure. There's no remedy for cross-dressing because cross-dressing isn't a bad thing that people make it out to be. Some people perceive cross-dressing to be this demonic thing that just doesn't make sense. The same thing goes for transgender people. People have this notion that you need to be normal, whatever the hell normal means. But to purge and lose all the things you purchased or obtained only to purchase them again because your desire to cross-dress has returned, well, that also doesn't make sense. So here's a message for you cross-dressers wanting to purge all the feminine attire and makeup and whatever you have that allows you to express your feminine self. Resist. It's okay to cross-dress, and if you're worried your girlfriend, spouse, or significant other will find out, then tell them now. The best time to tell them was back then. The second best time? Guess what? It's now. Do not throw away what makes you you. Resist the urge to purge. There's no valid reason to purge, unless, of course, you're trying to downsize your attire. I brought up Marie Kondo earlier, and she's right in the sense that you should try and find things that spark joy. If you're a cross-dresser and you find that you own way too many clothes, then yes, keep things that make you happy. But we can't deny who we are. You can deny what you want, but at the end of the day, if that's who you are, why deny it? Love yourself and find happiness, because it might be just right around the corner. The point I'm trying to make is to understand that trying to deny everything about yourself can only lead to bad things. You're a human being with complex emotions and you're not perfect. Some of you cross-dressers out there might purge and get rid of everything, but you're only denying yourself growth. But if you embrace who you really are, you can discover who you're meant to be. I did a lot of self-discovery and found that I'm a heterosexual male that enjoys cross-dressing. Perhaps you have found who you are, perhaps you're still searching for meaning. I don't know what you want in life, but personally, I choose happiness over sadness and enjoyment over grief. I am by no means perfect, but I try to live in a life that's carefree and drama-free. My life is already chaotic. It doesn't need me to add more unnecessary drama. Don't think cross-dressing is going to ruin your life, because it's not. The only real way to ruin your life is by being afraid to live it. That's it for this week again, guys. Hope you guys learned a little bit more about purging and the importance of it with cross-dressers. Hope you guys enjoyed the new segment, the Yas of the Week. Next week, I'm going to have a tips episode where I'll talk about makeup, so stay tuned for that. I've also been able to talk to a bunch of people who are excited to be on the podcast. One's a motivational speaker, one is another cross-dresser from Texas, and one is a femboy cross-dresser transgender escort from Central America. I hope everyone has a great rest of the week. Remember to find the podcast on Facebook and Twitter at CrossYas and on Instagram at CrossYas Podcast to like, subscribe, and follow. Thank you all for the support. And remember, as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed. And remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I am not here to diagnose or treat anything, but I'm here to offer my story. I hope that in turn you learn more about me, learn more about yourself, and about the world of cross-dressing.